we're continuing the series, <laughs> The Word of God. Uh, and today's title is Doing What You Hear. And uh, how many of us need to start getting into the practice of being doers and not just hearers of the Word of God? So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. We're going to look through from 24 to 27 and talk about hearing the Word of God and acting on it. And um, as you turn there, just want to share the importance of having a solid foundation, a faith foundation, a foundation that's on the rock. And we'll get into that in a moment, but it's, it's, there's a difference between coming to church, going to small group, having holy huddles at work, celebrating Steph Curry, and really knowing Jesus. So we're going to go there today. So let's pray before we begin. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness and for your grace. Lord, stir our hearts up this morning that we would be ignited from the inside out to know you, to know your word, and to be doers of your word, not just hearers. Help us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 24 through 27. Reads, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell. And the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell. And great was its fall. It's one thing to receive something, it's another to be something. It's one thing to hear something, it's another to actively listen and do what you're hearing. Some of us, if you're like me, you heard promises from the pulpit, or you've heard promises from your small group, you've heard promises from your own intimate time with God, read it in your word, only to leave that moment and forget everything that you heard. How many times have we remembered what Pastor Brett said just until we got to brunch on Sunday? Back in the day when I grew up, growing up here, back in the day they used to say, hey, what'd you get out of that sermon yesterday? <laughs> um... He prayed really strong at the end and really felt inspired. There was, there was something there. I'll get back to you. Can I, can I talk to you tomorrow about it? I still need to study. I'm chewing on it. <laughs> Problem is so many of us live for, not from. So we go on through our lives trying to find affirmation, try to find love. We try to find encouragement only to realize later on, that it's all here in the Word of God. And had we started at the Word of God, then we would be living from a place of affirmation, from a place of strength, from a place of love, and we'd be able to do what God, had called us, God has called us to do. Maybe you're like me, started out coming to church and checking the box, doing God a favor to be here today. Or I was showing up with an expectation to receive something, I came here because it was my religious obligation to come, but then I was like, man, I feel like God's going to say a word. He's going to give me something today. My desire was only to hear for the benefit of myself. I shared in the first service that I remember being a young kid, and we would have these nights of so much faith. We'd have prophets come, and, and they would have a word, and not everybody would get a word. 
So you could raise your hand, you could stand up, but you, could, you wouldn't get the word if the, if the Lord didn't tell the prophet that you were supposed to get the word. There's no problem with those nights. Those nights were incredible. They changed my life. But the problem was with me. I was coming to church so that I could get my word. I didn't want to know about God's word. I wanted to know, I, I didn't want to know about the word of God. I wanted to know what's, what's in it for me. I, I hope a word of prosperity is going to come. I'm trying to get in the NFL. I hope maybe they're going to say it from the pulpit. I, then I'll really believe it. I was coming with selfish intent. Either way, my desire to know God and to grow as the person that he called me to be in doing his will was very weak. I didn't truly have a desire. I was just a hearer. So the three questions that I want to ask you today and I ask myself with you, are we positioned to hear? Are we positioned to hear from God? Are we postured to obey? And are we prepared to endure? There's a difference between position and posture. See, our position is about our location. Where am I physically? Are you here, praise God, that we're in this room and we have the opportunity to hear from God? But a posture is an inclination. So no longer am I worried about or overwhelmed with the location that I'm at, but now it's the, in, uh, the inclination, meaning I'm leaning and I'm asking God, what are you saying? Because I want to receive from you and I want to hear something so that I'll be empowered and instructed to be who you've called me to be and do what you've called me to do. There's a difference. Too many times we as a church, we, we approach God in order to receive inspiration. That's all. We don't want information. We don't want impartation. And don't tell me about this life of sin that I'm living. Get off my stuff. I just want to be inspired. I want that feeling. I want everybody, when, when we worship, I want to get the, the holy goosebumps. You've been there before. All the while, you miss everything that the, that the sermon is about. You miss everything that God is trying to tell you, all so that you can feel bubbly inside. But how many of y'all know cars don't drive off bubbles? It takes gas. So when the Holy Spirit really speaks, if we don't hear and we don't obey, then we'll only make it so far down the road. Positioning ourselves to hear is very important. The rabbis used to go back and forth. Is it more important to hear? Is it more important to do? And then they came to the conclusion that they're both equally important. And as I was reading that and studying, I said, well, hear, do, you can't do what you don't hear. If you don't hear, you can't do. I just need to back up and say, Jared, be quiet, listen, and do what you're supposed to do. Just follow God. One man heard, and it ended there. You hear the word of God, and then that's it. It's over. We've all been there doing the right thing for whatever reason. Some of us do the right thing because we were raised in church. So we feel obligated, once again, religiously, to hear God's word. So we're just coming because that's what we're used to doing, or that's what grandma told us we're supposed to do. Some of us, like me, felt so guilty that you needed to come to church. Man, I got to come to church because last night what I did for about two hours was really bad. I need to spend about three hours. I'm going to all three services this Sunday <laughs> because I got I to gotta balance this thing out. An hour with the devil, two, two, two hours with the Lord, now I'm back good. We've all been there. You, I'm just putting words to what you were doing. 
You thought that, but you didn't know that was what you thought. <laughs> then some of us just do the right thing just because that's what you're supposed to do. Either you saw Spike Lee's movie or whatever. You just do the right thing because you've heard do the right thing. <laughs> but this is the truth. When relationship becomes obligation, we minimize the importance of what we hear. When relationship becomes an obligation, we minimize the importance of what we hear. Hearing must be accompanied by intention. What, what are we listening for? Why do we come to church? Why do we go to small group? Why do we get discipled? And, of course, you're doing all three of those, right? Anywho. <laughs> I've been on campus. I've seen Christians born again. Why? Because in the depth of our conversation, we found out that they didn't know Jesus, but they knew church. Some have heard the word of God, but they don't do the word of God, only to find out that they're empty. There was nothing in them. And then they say, oh, my goodness, this is the God that I've been hearing about. This is Jesus. I didn't know him. The Pharisees were not listening in order to grow in relationship with Jesus. Jesus was walking from Galilee and going all through these, this, this, this hilly place, Judea, Jerusalem. And as he was walking, there were people following him, but also the Pharisees were following him. But the Pharisees had an intention. Their only goal was to prove that he wasn't right. So they weren't able to receive the truth that he was saying because they already had their preconceived notion. So what are we listening for? We're not like the Pharisees. Specifically, but, but we sometimes can become so religious that we don't hear anything. Sometimes we agree so much. Well, yep, mm-hmm, but I don't even know what you're saying because I'm just feeling like I'm supposed to agree because I'm in church. That's why we don't do that when we're not at church. <laughs> Imagine saying, well, to your boss. That would be awkward. Now, there are others who casually inquire. And that does not mean, my prior uh, point, that does not mean don't say well, don't say come on, don't say hallelujah, because that, that encourages me. So keep on mm-hmm-ing <laughs> and bring it, from, bring it from down in the soul. <laughs> but there are others who casually inquire. It's impossible to hear without listening. This is what James says in chapter 1, verse 22. Prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers. Who delude themselves. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. Verse 24, for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what kind of person he was. We become too casual as a church. We treat our God like a cup of coffee from Starbucks. Well, hold on, I'm coming for you, hold on. With that cup of coffee, which is God, let me add a little sugar because I want it to be sweeter for my life. Uh-oh, hold on. <laughs> let me add a panini because I'm not full when I leave from church. Let me get a sandwich on the side so it can go well with my God. Starbucks is still good. But I'm not full 
because I'm hearing something, but because, and since I'm hearing it and I'm not obeying, it hasn't taken its full work in my heart. Therefore, I'm not activating it. So I'm not full anymore. I'm all, I only feel full when I'm in that faith community, that presence of God. And then when I leave that place, which that place is supposed to fill me for the rest of the week, I'm wondering, where's the rest of it? Are we just in the right place to obey? Or are we postured to obey? Me personally, I'm no longer content with hearing. If you know my father, you know that if you're around him, you hear a lot of words from him. And I heard him talk over and over and over and over and over again about the same thing. But I wasn't listening. I just heard what he said. Only to when storms came into my life. Hold on. What was that that he said? Uh, live right. Don't do this. Don't do that. Okay, now I, know. now I know why he was saying what he was saying. But had I listened in the beginning actively, then I would be able to obey, put that into practice. And then I probably would be able to weather the storm much better than I did without listening. I constantly have to ask myself, am I satisfied with the fact that I've heard or is what I've heard satisfied me? Just hearing is not enough to satisfy you. You need to become satisfied by God's word. God doesn't speak to simply be heard by people. There's power in his word. And when he speaks, he's trying to get our attention so that we'll fall into the will of God. We can stop bumping our heads and doing, doing the, our own thing. Whatever he ordains, he sustains. When he gives you a declaration according to his word, he will get you to your destination. But for some of us, since we don't listen, since we just hear it, falls on faint ears, then we don't take it seriously and we don't become doers, we don't become obedient. Therefore, our, four, we, our trip goes from 11 days to 40 years. The Israelites, remember them? An 11-day trip turned into a generation, <laughs> a generation of time, 40 years. We must act on what we hear and have faith that his word will be active in us. How do we do that? We must prepare to endure. Jesus talks about the storm and Here's a little known fact about storms. They come. <laughs> They're guaranteed. They're inevitable. If you're not in a storm right now, that means you just got out of one. And there's probably one coming. If you're in a storm right now, keep worshiping, keep trusting God's word. And when you get out of the storm, remember that there's another one coming. We said at you church last week that God always is speaking to us. There's always a declaration now you got to go in your Bible and get that declaration. you got to get on your face and get that declaration. But he's speaking to you. Now from that declaration, you go on an exploration. And you think that you're going to get right to it. You think you're Joseph. Hey, God shared, me this, shared with me this dream. I'm going to be king, and I'm going to walk from point A to point B in a straight line. What you didn't know, that as you're on your exploration, you'll find yourself in a situation. Then you'll find yourself in another situation and another situation. And you lose sight of your destination that God promised in the declaration when you allow your situation to become greater than the word of God that has been spoken over your life. And that's why Peter started to sink on the water. <clears throat> so how do we build a strong house? 
since the storm is coming. And the storm has devastating strength. Well, a good response is to get into the word of God, to understand what God is communicating to his people as a whole, study the word, see the redemptive nature of God, transform, allow him to transform your life and grow in prayer so that you can get closer to him intimately. Therefore, you don't have to keep calling everybody and worrying when the storm is coming. This is what I mean. Because in order to be prepared, you got to do the right thing. So for me, I was not a good student in high school. And when I say not a good student, I tried to get away with saying C's in the last sermon. And then God rebuked me on the stage and I said D plus. It came out. So I'm going to start with D plus and then say I got to C's a little bit and I graduated. So, so, <laughs> and all the kids in here say amen, Dad. God's doing a work in me. <laughs> well, when I got to the number two university in the, in the world, <laughs> in the nation, University of Virginia, I realized that there was a new standard of learning there. And you don't, you don't get by doing what I was doing, sitting in the back of class, not paying attention. We didn't have phones in class, but I found something to do <laughs> that wasn't the work. But I learned from my tutor. She's told me, she said, Jared, it's not enough to just be in class because you're not going to learn by osmosis. You have to go sit in the front of the classroom. And she said, when you're in the front, that's your position, you need to be postured, leaning forward, looking to the teacher. She said, just doing those two things, you'll start receiving more information than you ever thought you would. So as I started to lean forward and listen from the front row, I started to receive more and retain more. And then I was more prepared for the test. I was more prepared for the pop quizzes. I was more prepared and I knew how to study. So for us, as we receive God's word, are we leaning? God, I'm hungry. I didn't know who I was my freshman year in college. Who is this guy leaning forward? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I got a question. Okay, let, okay, let, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm right there with you, teach. Like, I really wanted to know. I wanted to understand what I was learning. Can't be satisfied with the information just coming and going past us. I want to receive that. Jesus talks about the hill. I'm sorry, he talks about the storm coming, but he's, he's talking about a hilly place. In, in Matthew 4, 25, it tells us that the crowd followed Jesus from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. This journey was filled with, his, with hills and valleys. Jesus was speaking to them with a parable that was not uncommon to their daily life. It's probable that the streams of Galilee would rush down the torrent beds during the winter and overflow their banks, leaving beds of loose, unconsolidated soil or sediment. Then in the spring, the debris and sand would, would cover the land. So though the land may have seemed level, it was actually mush. For some of us, we want to go into that level place. Ooh, this looks good. This is easy to build on. Now, they understood exactly what, most of them understood exactly what Jesus was saying because there were only two seasons for them, really wet and really dry. It was either really hot, it was really hot, or it was wet. 
So for them, they knew, yeah, Jesus, I understand what Jesus is saying. That makes no sense to go where this marsh is in this wet land and to build. That doesn't make any sense because a storm will come and it'll just be ripped out of the ground. Not just blowing, toppling over, it'll be ripped out of the ground. But the sand may look easy, it may look perfect because it's level. Sometimes the rock is so rocky that you got to really work. You got to move some rocks around. You got to put, you got to move stuff into certain places and take things out of other places so that you can build well. So for us, it's easy to come to church with a bucket of sand. Say, you know what, I'm going to, okay, I got exactly what I need and this is easy. I just show up here. I show up there. I might serve. I might do this. I might do that. But, but this is real easy. I can walk through this. But it's hard to build. It's hard to build a faith foundation. It's hard to have a solid, solid foundation. When a house is built on a solid foundation, it does not move. The storm will bring rain. The storm will bring flooding and violent winds, Jesus said. If you don't understand what he's saying, let, let me speak in our language. Flood, floods of bills and debt. Okay, you don't understand that one. Rain of physical pain, emotional pain, disease. Okay, you don't understand that one. Winds that whisper lies to you about your identity, about your destiny, about your ability. If you don't think that these winds and these storms and this rain is not having an effect on you, understand this. You're either falling over or you're standing strong. How do you stand strong? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So when we hear it and act according to what we hear, our faith foundation becomes unshakable because our faith is now in him, not in what we've built. So let your faith foundation remain deeply rooted in the love of God who will withhold no good thing from you. So when the storm comes, don't understand this, that your God is for you. Our God is for us in the storm. Romans 8.38 Paul says, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, marital issues, money issues, sickness issues, bad kids, they're not bad. Don't call them bad. But you think they're bad. In that moment they're bad. But they're not really bad. You were bad. They're a little bit like you. But that's a whole other thing. Whatever... Whatever you experience, <laughs> whatever experience, whatever you experience, whatever you experience. <laughs> I think I was just preaching to myself, I think. I got three under three, so that was like, God was like, hey, hold on, let me deal with you, and then we'll go back to. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is that you deal with. If your foundation is rooted on the word of God, you are walking in obedience, and you have a desire to please God with your life, the storm is nothing. Now, the storm may leave a mark, but you know what Jesus did with his marks, right? He showed them to the disciples to let them know, this is the power that I have, and this mark is just a reminder to where I, where, what I've done for you where I'm taking you, so your house may have a tree fall on the side, a window may have fallen, window might have broke up, car might have got crushed by a tree, but you got insurance. 
you got insurance. So you say, you know what? That happened, but that's just a mark just to remind me of how powerful my God is. And that's what I'm rooted on. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God.